0: Tater, how are you doing? Okay, he's gone. <laughs> Deontay looked at me and walked away. Mm-hmm. So we will wait for him.
1: <laughs> he knew <laughs> the question I mean. was coming.
0: <laughs> right, that's <laughs> what I mean. This happens literally every time. One time Deontay did one outside and like there was honking going on behind him. <laughs> Welcome back to the Unnamed Podcast, it's Garrett. And today we have a very interesting podcast for you. I know I say that every week, but I really mean it when I say it. But this week we have Beto and Jerry with us. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thank
1: doing you. Doing pretty good. So then you wanna tell me about yourself, Beto? Right, uh, I'm from the
2: East Coast, Durham, North Carolina. Born here, live here. there's not a lot much about me, but I mean, something that I love to do is I guess travel. It's something that I've really been into right now before the whole pandemic, uh which is funny because now I can't travel. But right. before that, I was loving, I was doing a whole bunch of like, uh, I went to international assemblies and I got to go to Colombia. I've been trying to go to Spain, you know, different areas, just traveling It's something that I've really been into. I mean, you get to learn, meet new, a lot of people, mm. Um you know, it's just fun getting to know new places. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. What about you, Jerry? Uh, I hail
3: from Portland, Oregon, born and raised uh something interesting about me this is my first
0: podcast nice you know we get that a lot you know um when me and tater started this was our first podcast so once you do a couple you get used to it so that was one of my questions oregon or or oregon
3: if you say oregon you're gonna get shot here
0: (laughs) (laughs) so here's another question you say oregon but is that one syllable or is it three just just one organ so, so like so like organ so like my heart is an organ right yeah just like that okay so it's not Oregon. it's Oregon. got it okay i just i was yeah. thinking about that earlier literally i've never been there in my life like that is just a mystical place to the west i would love to i would leave right now oh I yeah could. absolutely the farthest west i have been is colorado and you know that's not that's far west but not near as far as oregon yeah. So
3: Oregon's cool because we have, we have mountains, we have high deserts, and then we have the ocean too. So it's pretty. Yeah. yeah
0: you got everything. Ocean. And you got yeah. Canada too. You're right next to Canada, right? Well, Washington's above us. And so, okay, uh, so, so I was thinking that you yeah. were Washington, I think. <laughs> so we thought we'd talk about disaster relief again i know we talked with quinn and malik in season one about disaster relief but you can never talk too much about it to be quite honest and what that all entails is basically when a disaster hits an area in the united states and another country anywhere in the world if you're a part of that group you get to go and help out help rebuild all that good stuff so i thought we'd talk about that beta and jerry are very involved in that as was i before the pandemic so I thought to start out, we'd ask you to. how did you get started in the DRC? Well, it all started
2: basically before it was DRC or LDC. I was in the mm. program with what was called RBC. Back in the day when I was like 17, my dad would always take me to these projects and uh, I would help right. him out there with like the little things. You know, when you're that young, mm. you still can't do certain things. Right. But you know, it was something that really caught my eye. And then actually in 2018, when uh, North Carolina got hit by Hurricane uh, Florence, um an elder from my hall they really needed help because there was a lot of roofs that were leaking that were bad so they okay. needed immediate help uh and he offered an well, offer he told me he's like hey are you willing to go help out do you have the time and i was like yeah of course so i went out there and that was actually the first time that i actually did disaster relief work um it, it's just something that you know that really caught my eye and uh, i wanted to keep doing it so then when the opportunity came to go to the bahamas that's when i was like yeah you know what this is out of the u.s i need to take this opportunity and my god it it was it was awesome it was an experience you know
0: yeah we'll get into that absolutely that's awesome yeah that's it's similar to me kind of got into it at a young age you know my parents they don't force you into things but they definitely steer you towards directions that they want you to go or they think that you'd like how'd you get started jerry
1: i was always
3: a little bit too young for rbc uh i was just like a, a year or two off mm-hmm. um but ldc is kind of what i got started with helped out with a couple of local um Kingdom hall projects and then one day we're out in service me and my family and i got a call from a brother in florida asking if i'd like to help out with disaster at the bahamas and so um, I didn't have I didn't haven't done any disaster relief prior to that, mm-hmm. but I've helped out with a couple of LBC projects, so kind of a kind of new to it all still. Yeah,
0: no, that's how I am too. I talk like I've been doing it for years, but you know that that was my first and only DRC project. But um, yeah. you know, you learn so much over the course of of your time down there, even if it's just a week, that mm-hmm. you feel like you're a veteran after like the first couple of days. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, thinking about DRC, we've only done it once or twice. I don't know. How many times have you done it, Beto? Uh, Two. Two? Okay. Yep. So, you've got one more than me and Jerry. But when you think about that, what is it that impresses you the most about the DRC?
2: I think personally, something that really impresses me is how fast and safely they get the work done. Because usually we have a schedule. Like, okay, we're, you know, we're kind of predicting we're going to finish by this time. Right. But we always sometimes, Managed to finish way earlier than that and like i said safely usually since i've been in the construction field for many years with my dad it's like i see how people don't work safe and it actually takes longer mm-hmm. and they're so-called professionals right the ones who work in this field but you come here to where there's a lot of people who learn who don't know cer- certain you know trades mm-hmm. but we still get the job done so fast and so safe yeah that's, that's really a big thing for me like, that impresses me
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, you you look out at those that are uh, just trying to work faster, not safer. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times they make a mistake, they get hurt, and then they have to shut everything down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. What about you, Jerry?
3: Um, I think the thing that impressed me the most was that, you know, in the Bahamas, there wasn't like a Home Depot you could go to to get materials and tools Mm -hmm. and stuff. But things always worked out. We always had what we needed when we needed it. Even if we kind of had to jerry-rig things it it always worked out so that was that was really neat to see i appreciated that a lot
0: yeah because i mean based on what i remember didn't they have to like ship pretty much everything in Mm
2: -hmm.
3: because Mm -hmm. like you
0: said there was no the only store store that i remember being open was the grocery store (laughs) and obviously you're not going to get things to build a house at a grocery store so we're going to move on to our second topic. We're going to talk about Abaco for a little bit. That's where me, Jerry, and Beto all met. But to start, is there a favorite Abaco memory that you have, Beto?
2: Memories, uh, memories, memories, memories. There's a, I would have to say there's a lot, uh, but every one is different in its own way. Mm. I guess one of the biggest memories that I still have that impresses me, Jerry can probably correct me if I'm wrong in any of these, what I talk about what happened with the whole Kingdom Hall situation where they were going to pay the... The parking area how we were all they were looking for the longest time how we were going to get this do- job done and happened to be someone that came over from a different island that looked at the, the area checked how much you know i guess the square feet or, or everything you know came up with the estimate and what he told basically the brothers was you know this is how much is going to cost you know and we'll get everything done so the brothers looked at the price and the guy said, Jeremiah, correct me if I'm wrong. But he was like, um, if this price doesn't work for you guys, don't worry about it. We'll handle it anyway. We'll, we'll do it basically for free. Oh, wow. Wow. And, um, so that was something that would really impress me. I'm like, wow, you know, you get someone from a completely different island. That's right. gonna Come and do all this work. And if the price wasn't like good enough, basically, you know, he volunteered, you know, I'll bring all my guys and we'll do it for free for you guys. You get to see everything moving just into place to get everything done.
0: Yeah. And that's so d- much different than the US, you know, the US is all about, you know, capitalizing and making yeah. as much money as possible. And if you don't like that, find yeah. a different business. So that's just, that's yeah. awesome. I've actually never heard that story. So I'm glad you shared that.
3: Beto stole my story. Oh no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was definitely like one of the highlights for me was getting to see that parking lot paved and just they They donated all of the site works I mean, it was. I think it was estimated. It was like twenty thousand dollars worth oh, wow. of man hours, equipment, time, and then uh, also like materials too. That they had to bring in like a dozen dump truck loads of material to to grade and sell all the, the all the grades for the parking lot. So that was really neat. But I don't know. It's just almost. I look at it like the whole experience just as one, and with with highlights like that, you know, throughout. And so it was. It's hard to just like single out like one Yeah, that was like special, but that that one, the parking lot was definitely up there for me. That was definitely something that was the highlight for, for my time when I was there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. See, so when I think of my favorite Abaco memories, I kind of split it into two. I have work memories, mm-hmm. and, you know, then I have after work memories. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the second day that I got to Abaco, we played volleyball. And Jerry was kind of like soft spoken, you know, I didn't know him horribly well. I just met him. All basically all I knew is <laughs> he he was from Oregon. We were playing volleyball and the ball is like plummeting towards the ground as a, vo- a volleyball does. And Jerry like dove like Superman into a pile of gigantic rocks. <laughs> I completely remember that. And like, I don't remember if you got the ball or not. That was like no. the least of my, no, he didn't get the ball. Okay. Well, the effort was amazing. But That's he what counts. Dove, yeah. He dove rib first into a boulder, not just tiny little rocks, like big rock. And then he popped back up and we're like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, man, this dude's kind of crazy. that yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Yeah, the way he, how he just like stopped, like coming right, right into the rocks. Yeah, and like you said, thing. he just got up. Yeah, he was moving <laughs> fast. And when he hit those rocks, it was like, he just stopped. No movement. But yeah, that was crazy. And then there was another time I tried to start a fire, but we're not going to get into that. That was disappointing. That yeah. was so disappointing. <laughs> let me, let me tell the cliff note story of this. So me and Malik and Jerry went to go start a fire on the beach.
3: And Garrett
0: can't start a fire. Yeah, that's the very, very short version. Garrett doesn't know how to start a fire. I should have let the wilderness guy do everything, but I don't know why I was trying to start it. Anyway, we walked like a mile and a half to the beach. I had like 50 pounds of of stones in my box that I was carrying. Don't ask me why. And then we got to the beach and we had three matches and they all went out in the wind. So that's that's the short version of that story. Garrett can't start a fire. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. A lot of Abaco memories. And then memories with Beitel. You were actually the first person I met in mm-hmm. the Bahamas because you would just come back. Because we came in the middle of a work day, or not at the end of a work day. We hit it off like instantly. Went to the fire. You know, yeah,
2: that's what I was also going to bring up. That's another great memory. Just uh, the bonfire nights. Just like yeah. all of us just hanging around that uh, a fire, just like in the right. middle of the night.
0: That is that is the one thing among many things that I love about the DRC is that. You become friends with people so quickly, even if you're not horribly good at making friends, which I don't know if I am or not, but you make friends instantly. It's just, you know, you make friends so quickly down there. And that's so awesome. So our next question, and I'm sure that the answer to this is yes, and it'll probably be a very short answer. But the question is, was the effort of getting to Avaco, the time, the money, everything, was it all worth it? I have to say it was definitely, definitely worth it. And it's
2: funny because for me, I guess everybody had a different situation, mm-hmm. but I postponed my flight. Like I was, I said, yes, to like coming and I never got the flight. I wasn't getting the flight. I wasn't getting the flight. I was like, I've never done something like this. Should right. I go? Is, I'm putting, you know, the time, like you said, the money, all that stuff is involved. But I was like, you know what? I bought the flight, I headed out there and, you know, it was yeah, the best the right decision is, I could have yeah. taken.
0: Yeah. What about you, Jerry?
2: Totally. I would.
3: I would sell everything I had and go back today if I could.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. That is a very good way of putting it. Yeah. It, and it's funny how you said everyone had a different story of getting there. Some people came on on commercial airlines. Some came in these little two seater planes. That was the way me and my dad got there. Yeah. But it, it was kind of cool listening to how people got there and their story and all that. So yeah. So yeah. think about Abaco. Our last question: Are there any lessons that you learned? I'm sure there are, but can you pinpoint one that that you learned and really valued? Well, I guess one lesson
2: that I personally learned is uh, because like how I said earlier, I've been in the construction field for so long. So sometimes when you've been in a certain work field for so long, you kind of, you think you know exactly how something needs to get done. Mm -hmm. But when you go to like DRC and when I went to Abaco, it's like you have all these other brothers who know more different ways how to get jobs and even better than what I thought that I knew. So it's just like getting that open mind, you know, to like come here and come with an open mind and be humble and be Mm -hmm. able to learn from all these other brothers and what they know and what stuff can get done.
0: How about you, Jerry?
3: My thoughts were kind of similar to that too. I don't have like a, I'm not like a super skilled construction worker. I have enough experience though, but um, Mm. that was, that was really neat just to see the unity and yeah. From our standpoint, sometimes we don't see the way for a, a situation to work itself out just because mm-hmm. our view is limited. But looking at, looking back, it was, you could just see how everything worked out exactly when it needed to happen. And so yep. it just kind of, uh, I don't know, it just expands your view of things. So you can just see that even if you can't see the way for things to work out, Jehovah does, and that was just really, that was really cool to see that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The lessons I learned, I know there's a lot, but I'd have to sit down and like write it out. You know, I didn't do that. But the one that I'm thinking of right now is you can have fun doing anything. I learned that so quickly down there. Like the first day of my um, work week, me, Malik, Quinn, John Aiden, shout out to John Aiden. We got to get him on on the podcast. I miss that guy. We were all doing stabilization. So, you know, taking screws out of studs and cleaning up gunk. And we ran into a giant cockroach nest. That's besides the point. But the thing I'm trying to get to is you can have fun doing something as menial as taking studs or s- screws out of studs. And that was the lesson I learned right away. And there was a lot of times where we were just picking up piles of garbage, but, you know, we're talking, we're shooting the ball, we're having fun. So that was one of the lessons I learned.
1: I okay. like to hear about this cockroach nest.
0: <laughs> you liked it. Well, we know you have a thing for cockroaches, you know, you dream about them. As we've talked about before, right? So you want to hear I the didn't story?
1: Dream about it, but yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like really, co- or butterflies? Oh, butterfly spider. It's
1: butterfly spider. I ain't say anything about cockroaches, but but I you your
0: fantasy football sure. team is is Hooter Roach, right?
1: No, that's Master Roach, but that's besides the point.
0: Okay, your Among Us name is Hooter Roach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Basically, the short version of this cockroach story is: I was pulling out a cabinet. A nest of cockroaches comes out. And let me just tell you, I have PTSD with cockroaches. I say cockroaches. It started with palmetto bugs, but all those are giant cockroaches. But anyway, we're not going to get into that. So I pull the cabinet out, nest of cockroaches. Now, I may have happened to scream a little bit. And the sister that was with us was like right next to me. And she was like laughing her head off. And she told everyone about it. So the the next safety meeting we had, the uh, safety brother brought it up about near misses and how a brother had come into contact with the cockroaches and he was screaming like a little girl. So then everyone at the hub knew it. So that's the cockroach yes. story. Are you happy that you for asked sure. about that? Yes, yeah. I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, now it's going to spread through Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on to our topic number three. Now, for all those people that are not aware of this, and I'm sure a lot of people are, if they look at the news, there have been forest fires in Oregon. Now, I'm not sure how contained they are when this comes out or how contained they are right now, but Jerry lives in a part of Oregon that has been severely affected by forest fires. So, I thought we would get his perspective on everything that's going on there. Then we'll get back to DRC a little bit. With these fires going on, how have people been affected by it?
3: So, where where we live at, we ha- we were never evacuated. We never... Technically, I mean, we never even got into a evacuation zone.
1: Mm-hmm. The
3: evacuation, level one evacuation, was like five, maybe five minutes away from our house. So, the fires were still pretty far away from us, but they were, they were approaching pretty quickly for a while. Right. Um, there was a lot of people that lost their houses. And in addition to that, I mean, you have COVID going on, too. So
0: yeah.
3: So, you have people that are looking for shelter, but, you know, you got to... Also, yeah. be careful against not right. getting, getting COVID from anybody, too. So it's really, it was really kind of kind of scary. And then in addition to that, I mean, you just have like this smoke, too, that's like everywhere. Yeah. And it looks like it's like pitch black outside. It's just layers. It just keeps adding layers of craziness.
0: Yeah. I mean, already 2020. Going on. So have they gotten the fires under control at all? Or are they still burning? I haven't. The news is going of move Okay.
3: Yeah. I think I haven't, I haven't looked lately, but I think they're like pretty much done.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well the fact that we're not hearing about it as much is, is a good sign for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But there was a, there was a ton of area that was burned. I mean, it was yeah. just, it was crazy.
0: Cause it started, this is the same gender reveal fire, right? I'm not sure
3: if they all came from that one or not. It's okay. not exactly
0: sure. They all kind of lined up though. Which is,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, it bad. was, yeah, exactly. So, I was just trying to figure out what is a gender reveal fire? Yeah, there was a family having like a a uh, baby shower. Oh, okay.
3: and they had, they like lit off fireworks, I think, okay. and it started a fire.
0: <laughs> was it worth Uh-oh. it?
3: <laughs> no, because like there was like a person that like died in the, uh, at least like one person that died in the fire too. So, oh, from the party. Uh, or just in general? As a, as a result of oh, the okay, fire okay. started by the party.
0: Gotcha. So. Wow. Man, we've got to ban these gender reveal parties. <laughs> just let it be a surprise. <laughs>
1: man, they're getting out of control. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. So, uh, I was just wondering, like, with the pandemic and uh, this forest fire going on, have you been involved in DRC? Not specifically for the fires
3: yet. I think our, our family might be in the future, but we'll just, we'll have to see. I mean, it's, I think it's still kind of early to, to know, but there, there's a lot of damage. I mean, even if like you look on the website, I think between like Oregon and California, like 60, 61 of the friends lost their homes.
1: Hmm.
3: And I know a lot of it, a good amount of it was in Oregon. So we'll just have to see, I mean, I, I'd love to. and. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I saw you, Beto.
0: Call. Yeah. Beto, call. Beto, Beto, had up, the, <laughs> held up the phone signal. Like, call me. Yeah. I'm down to Call me <laughs> Let me know. Down there. Yeah. We were ready to go. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens.
3: It kind of remains yet to be seen. Right.
0: Yep. Now, um, you mentioned the homes of friends in Oregon. Now have any of the kingdom halls been affected? Uh,
3: I'm not sure about that. I know there was like a, a town that was totally wiped out by the fires. And so mm. if they ha- if there was a kingdom hall in that town, then yeah, it would be gone. But I'm not sure I'm not sure if there's any big kingdom halls that have been lost because yeah. of
0: Thank you for sharing that with us, Jerry. We really appreciate that. So our topic four is all about Deontay. These are Deontay's questions, DRC suggestions. So we're gonna to talk to the uh the guys that are already involved with it. So Deontay, take it away
1: this is a question of both y'all uh what would you suggest to those that want to make drc a goal
2: i think it's a very awesome goal to 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 get yourself into like to start thinking about for the future because for me it was i was never into like something like leaving home or like going out of the country because that's where a lot of the stuff comes into but once you get the opportunity to do it you'll realize that it was worth it so i suggested those to start little by little. I guess helping out in whatever you can, either in the because there's so many opportunities now and for in your congregations uh, to help out maintaining the kingdom hall. So that's a good start in helping around with those little things to get to you know used to helping out in many different areas and different fields to get you to the point where you you're like you know what yep I'm gonna get into into DRC.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you Jeremiah? I would say. Get, keep like
3: your if you want to, if you want to do disaster relief, keep your association and your spirituality at a high level and yeah, develop that, that spirit of wanting to give because then I mean, you go to disaster relief not to, not to receive a bunch of stuff, but you know, to give everything you can. So work on that, keep up that spirit of giving and yeah, keep yourself, keep yourself focused. Jehovah can take people that aren't, aren't
1: skilled but are humble. You can work with people like that. That's my words of wisdom. Well, no, thank you, because I I definitely put this the category of not skilled, so I was happy to
0: hear. <laughs> that. I did too, and I got invited. So,
1: so uh, what makes DRC worth the effort? What makes it worth it? I I guess the
2: biggest thing what you come back is like all the great memories because like i think what we went over earlier there's just so many memories and you can put them in different categories mm. categories and within the working field with the brothers after work like the weekends it's like i guess the main thing just getting to know so many brothers and sisters and like getting to know their background it's like you meet so many people from different parts, like in this case, we met a whole bunch of people from the US, even some from different islands nearby and their backstories, it's like, you kind of realize how small, not how small, but like how big we are. Sometimes you don't realize how big the organization is until you're in these projects and you like, just realize, you know, we all come together in one place where we don't know, we don't know anybody and, but you just kind of like click it off with everybody. It's awesome.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's one thing to see it on paper, see the numbers, and another to see it in person. So yeah. that's pretty cool. What about you, Jeremiah? Yeah, the the work is awesome, but it's
3: definitely more about the people that makes it worth it. Just getting to know getting to know different ones, getting to hear the experiences of, of the local publishers is awesome, and just knowing you know that you're you're doing everything you can makes it makes it feel really good to to spend and be completely spent. Mm-hmm. That's I think for me personally, that's what makes
0: it worth it. Mm-hmm. So I think what made it worth the effort for me personally was, you know, you read back when we had the yearbooks, we, we would read about DRC a lot or in my experience, my, my parents did it. So I get to hear about it. So, you know, hearing about it is cool and you love it or seeing it in a video or, you know, watching it. That's awesome. You know, you love to do that, but getting to go and see it and live it, that is you I'd pay anything like Jerry said earlier I'd sell everything I had to do it again so getting to live something like that especially when it's been a goal for so long to see that finally come to fruition that's just mm-hmm. completely worth any effort.
2: all I have to say is everybody fill out your dc50 dc82 A19 everything get it turned in so what's yeah. this project especially Rab-A-Pope.
0: yep, yep. there is plenty of work be, to be done. a great project. We're two years away you got time. Yep. Yeah, that exactly. gives it. That gives us time to get this COVID thing under control, mm-hmm. and we can get out again. Yeah. yeah. So we'd like to thank Jerry and Beto for coming on the show. We're really happy you guys could could make the long hike from North Carolina and Oregon to your computers and join us today. We're really thankful.
2: No, no, no. Thank, thank you guys for having us on here. You know get a little, to talk a little bit more about drc you know, yeah
3: for
0: absolutely. everyone to hear
2: about
3: it yeah thank you for having me i take uh, i take checks so <laughs> <laughs> catch your credit
2: <laughs> cash <catch at> PayPal.
0: <laughs> okay good to know but yeah thank you guys for coming on the show i really appreciate it my name is garrett my name is tater my name is beto my name is Jeremiah, and this is the unnamed podcast